This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about how keeping a one-sentence journal can make you happier, and whether you're a marathoner or a sprinter when it comes to how you like to work. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, the sage, Elizabeth Kraft, who's my happiness guinea pig and questioner. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and though Gretchen sometimes drives me crazy, she will fly 3,000 miles to help me clean out my closets. Oh, I love to do that. We're going to start with a suggestion you can try at home, something small and manageable that will actually make a big difference about how you feel each day. And this week, our try this at home tip is to keep a one-sentence journal. And a one-sentence journal is exactly what it sounds like. It's a journal where all you do is write one sentence a day. And if you're like me and like many people, you sort of periodically are swept up in this desire to keep a journal. Yes. And you have fantasies about like, I'm going to sit next to a waterfall and write in a beautiful book with a quill pen and like have all these deep thoughts. And and maybe you buy them in the notebook because we always need an excuse to buy a fabulous notebook and keep it for like three days and then give it up because it's too much work. And then you have that bad feeling of like, oh, I was going to do it. And I've done this five times before over my life and, and I never keep up with it. Yep. But a one sentence journal is manageable. Like you really can do that. And the thing that's really struck me as I've kept a one sentence journal is one sentence is enough. And that when I look back on it, you know, years later, like that one sentence really does keep memories vivid. It really does bring back the past, um, which is one of the things we really want a journal to do. Well, I have my one sentence journal right here with me, Gretch. Oh, excellent. Yay. Well, first, I have to say it happens to be the Happiness Project one sentence journal. So it's your official <laughs> one sentence journal. 
which I dutifully bought as your younger sister. Oh, yes. And I think the concept of a one sense journal is amazing. Now, my problem is I don't write in it every day. Uh, for instance, I just opening it up right now. And the last entry I have is November 20th, 2014. Autumn feast at neighborhood school. First time room mom. This morning, Jack said he was a Dalmatian named George. Kinder apps do. <laughs> So that was my life, November 20th. Now, the time before that was April 2nd, so 2014. So I'm definitely spacing these out. But you're right. When I do look at it, I, I remember that day so clearly. Yes. So if I did it every day, I'd be much happier now. I think one issue is that I keep it next to my desktop computer in my office, which I never use. Ah. Whereas if I kept it either next to my laptop on the couch right. or next to my bed, maybe I would see it and actually write in it. So I think I'm going to have a change of location for my one sentence journal. Well, and that's a very important thing to notice about anytime you're trying to form a habit. You want the habit to be as convenient as possible. And if it's slightly inconvenient, that can really make it hard to form that habit or to keep that habit. So you want to make it so easy. One of the things that's nice about this is it folk because we tend to write down the happier things. It focuses our memory and our right. mind on happier things. And, and so our kind of our memories have this rosy glow. And also research suggests that writing narratives of your experiences can make you happier. And I've heard of people who have one sentence journals for things like, you know, ca kind of catastrophic things like chemotherapy or going through a divorce or something like starting a new business, you know. It could be focused on any aspect of life where you really felt like you wanted to hang on to memories and kind of keep track of what you're going through. I heard about a guy who did a lot of business travel. So he had this notebook that he wrote in every time he was waiting for people to embark on the plane. You know how you sit there and you and yes, everybody's loading yes. in and you can't really settle down because everybody's just like putting their stuff in the overhead bins. So he would write kind of a family, like a letter to his sons during that kind of lost time. And the fact was, he, you know, over the course of a year, he did a lot. And, and, th and that's a good example of there's this way that we think where we tend to overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time. Like we overestimate what we could do in an afternoon. But oh. then we underestimate what we can do over a long period of time if we work steadily just a little bit at a time. And so, you know, if you write for half an hour a day, you'll write your novel, you know, pretty fast. If you write a one-sentence journal... Actually, over time, you're going to get a lot of memories down on paper. You're going to get a lot of writing done. Well, I think we should all try this at home, those of us who are not already doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to see a picture. Elizabeth, post a picture of your one-sentence journal. And I know your handwriting is so bad, nobody will be, your privacy will be protected because no one will be able to read what you wrote, um, but it would be My fun. My serial killer handwriting <laughs> will be on display. I'm sure the FBI will be calling immediately. Uh, yeah. But yes, I'll, do, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. And even better, if you have one, take a photo and post it along with Elizabeth uh, on the Gretchen Rubin Facebook page. We'd love to see what everyone's looks like. You can also send me a tweet at Gretchen Rubin, to Elizabeth at Elizabeth Craft, or drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. 
And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Elizabeth, now it's time to talk about a question that will help you know yourself better. It turns out that people prefer to work at very different paces. So imagine that you have a project you have to work on. Some people are marathoners. They like to work well in advance. They like to work slowly and steadily. They like to have a lot of room before they hit that deadline. They might finish early because they don't like that feeling of being squeezed up against a deadline. Okay, that's you, Gretch, I have to say. That's you. It is. Yes, I'm definitely a marathoner. And like, you know, I would say with marathoners that we feel like slow, steady work makes us more productive. That's how we get a lot done and also feeds our creativity because I certainly feel as a writer that ideas come to me when I when I mold them over and when I'm playing with them and thinking them through over a long period of time. So I feel like the slow and steady pace, the marathoner pace is good for my productivity and cre- creativity. But then there are the sprinters. And I used to think that sprinters were just marathoners who couldn't get their act together. But actually, I've realized that sprinters, this is the way they want to work. This is the way they work best. So sprinters are people who love the adrenaline of a deadline. They like to be up against the wall. And, you know, they like the long hours and the intensity of it. And they feel like that's what crystallizes their thinking. That's what feeds their creativity. And as I was figuring this out, I noticed it because of the way a couple people were describing their experiences. One person said, when I'm going to give a speech, I never I never do anything for it until like they're miking me up backstage and the people are taking their seats and it drives my staff crazy. But that's when I get my ideas. And someone else I knew needed to write a memoir. It was due in December. And she's like, and this was like December of the year before. And I was like, wow, she's got a year. That's not very long. And she's like, yeah, I think I'll start in April. I was like, start in April. Why would you cut your time short like that. And she said, I like working up against a deadline. I need the intensity. I need the long hours. If I have too much time, I just, I lose focus. I lose momentum. I just waste a bunch of time. I don't get anything done. And so I realized, you know, some people are marathoners and some people are sprinters. There's just no right or wrong way. It's just whatever works for you. So Elizabeth, what are you? Well, I mean, I think I'm not exactly sure what I am. I think um, I I think I'm a marathoner, um, uh-huh. but I can be a sprinter if need be. I think there are a lot of sprinters in Hollywood. I think it draws sprinters. I mean, I can say, for instance, Adam, my husband. I mean, he is a classic sprinter. He yes. does best when he's given a very short deadline right. that he has to then just work at a breakneck pace to meet. And I hate it because he just disappears from my life if he's on one of these really tight deadlines. But he likes, I think, just kind of immersing himself and then knowing it's going to be done in a really short period of time. And then it's just like his whole world. Whereas I think by nature, I'm more comfortable as a marathoner. Like, I don't like working around the clock. I like finishing work at, you know, six o'clock and then not thinking about it the rest of the night. Um, But like, for instance, Adam and I worked on the show called The Shield together and our boss there, he thought we all did our best work when we were up against the maximum deadline that we could, you know, sort of Uh meet. Crunch. And so, yeah, the crunch. And so he would actually purposely 
not really make decisions until the last second because he thought that got out our best work. So, and you know, I think what's tough is when you have someone who's the boss, who who's very, you know, who's one way, and then other people around have to do the same thing. It can be anxiety producing. Um, but, you know, I've kind of adjusted to whatever schedule I've had to. But I think you're, that, that, that's the problem is when people have to work in teams or when they have to work for somebody who's got a different style, which, you know, you're very adaptable, but then there are people like, I would not be able to work comfortably that way. It would just make me crazy. No. I would just be frantic all the time. And, but here's another thing is that there's marathoners and sprinters, and then there's also procrastinators. And procrastinators look like sprinters because they also are doing all their work up against a deadline. But here's the right. difference. Sprinters like to work that way. They know that works for them. And they kind of embrace it. But procrastinators don't like to work that way. They wish they could begin earlier. And they often aren't satisfied with their work product. Like, they regret it. They, they think, like, oh, if only I'd started earlier. If I'd had more time, I would have done a better job. Where sprinters usually don't feel that way. Procrastinators are because they're anxious about work. They tend to like turn away from it to make themselves feel better, but then they get anxious because the work isn't getting done. So if you're a procrastinator, it's better to try to find habits that are going to help you start work earlier because that's what's going to be less stressful for you. you. You look like a sprinter, but you're not feeling that sense of kind of that adrenaline race right. and that, that, that gratification that a sprinter feels as they're heading towards that deadline. I would say if one is a sprinter, it's like acknowledge that about yourself and then don't feel guilty. Yes. Uh, because I yes. think a lot of sprinters probably feel guilty that they're not marathoners because everyone's taught to be a marathoner. It's just that yes. you may not be. I mean, yes, you are the person who's never had a paper not done a week <laughs> before it's due at, you know, at least, as I can attest to from growing up. So that's what's taught as best. But if that's not your way, don't feel bad about it. Just embrace who you are. Right, right. No, it's all, it's not that there's a right way or wrong way. It's just whatever works for you. But the thing is, marathoning is easier. Like there's more of a cushion for marathoning because like if you fall down and break your leg or you get the flu or something, yes. there's a little bit more of a cushion. So yes. that's part of why like team members and offices and things like that um, preferred. But like you say, I know I've talked to a lot of bosses who really think that sprinting is when creativity flourishes and when teams come together and rally. And so then they try to create it. So there's a lot of different ways it can cut, but I think you're exactly right. The secret is to figure out what works for you, what works for the people around you, and how do you get to a harmonious place where everybody can do their best work instead of everybody pointing the finger and telling somebody that they're doing it wrong. Absolutely. Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question for me and Elizabeth at 774-277-9336, or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. On upcoming shows, we'll be answering some of your questions. But since this is one of our first episodes, we don't have any calls yet. So instead, we're answering a question posted to us from Gretchen's Facebook page. The question is... Gretchen, I've heard it takes 30 days to make something, good or bad, into a habit. Is this true? Actually, no. That is sort of an urban legend. It's 21 days, 30 days, 28 days, but that's not true. Now, researchers at University College London did do a study that suggested that, on average, a habit took 66 days to form. But the fact is that that average is kind of a silly number. It doesn't really tell you anything because... As we all know from experience, you know, some people adopt habits more easily than others. Some habits are easier to form than others. 
so the, the idea that there's some average doesn't really tell you anything that would be helpful in a specific situation. You know, like I've been exercising for years and I'm really good at forming habits generally, but still for me, that habit doesn't feel quite solid. It doesn't <laughs> right. quite lock in, you know, so maybe I do it for 66 days straight. I, you know, I'm always going to need to protect that habit. Yeah, I'm the same way with exercise. Yeah, I could be exercising for two years. And then if I don't do it for two weeks, it doesn't happen for another eight months. And it's like the habit is gone. On the other hand, like I went to the airport like one morning and I had McDonald's, uh, you know, sausage and egg biscuit and hash browns before my flight. <laughs> and it was immediately a habit. It was like the next time I was at the airport, I was like, well, I have to get McDonald's, you know, biscuit because that's my airport habit. Exactly. You know, or like if you're at work and, and like two days you decide to walk to, you know, the coffee bean and tea leaf for a latte, you suddenly every day that's what you want to do. So it takes maybe yes. one or two times to develop yes. a bad habit and, you know, years potentially to develop a good habit. It's frustrating. Here's the thing, though, that's really surprising about habits is we always think of them as, as forming very slowly and kind of as you repeat them and they slowly become more automatic. But just like you say, there's the example of, of the airport habit happening automatically. It's surprising how often actually habits really do form extremely quickly. And I call this the strategy of the lightning bolt, which is when some idea just comes to you, like your ideas change, your beliefs change. And so your habits change just like in a flash sort of effortlessly. And the thing that's frustrating about the strategy of the lightning bolt is you can't invoke it. It's very, you can't make it happen to you. It's something that just sort of hits you like a lightning bolt. But one of my favorite examples of this is I was talking to a doctor who treated very, very high risk patients. You know, they were doing everything that they shouldn't be doing. And, and he said to me, oh, but there's this one situation where you'd be amazed how often people just overnight are able to like quit smoking, quit drinking, quit doing drugs, quit doing all kinds of high risk things just right then and there. And I was like, well, what is it? You know, I thought this was the answer. And he goes, oh, you know what it is. What is it? And I was like, no, 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 tell me. So Elizabeth, can you guess what it is? Uh, it's got to be having a baby. Having a baby. Pregnancy. Pregnancy. Like just knowing that you're going to have a baby for some people was enough to kind of be this lightning bolt that got them to change their habits. So the, the idea that there's an average of a habit change just doesn't tell you because it just really depends on who you are and what the habit is and what's going on in your mind and what's going on in your circumstances. There's just so many things at play. It's really hard to, to come up with an answer. Well, if you'd like Gretchen and me to answer your question on a future show, here's the number to call. 774-277-9336. That's 77-HAPPY-336. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And I guess I am starting this week, Gretchen, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a demerit, yeah. my happiness demerit. <laughs> okay, what is it? Um, it's Well, it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> They're always uh, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of by definition, happiness demerits yeah, are really yeah. embarrassing. Um, so, okay, I have to preface this by saying that I was very stressed about a work call I was waiting for. Um, and so, and for day, I was waiting for days and it was one of, and it's one of those things where even though you can't make something happen, you also need to be near your phone. Right. So, um, anyway, I was, I went on a hike in Fryman Canyon, which I said is, you know, one of my happy things. Um, and then, but when I was done with my hike, I just started getting this idea that I really wanted to eat some chips and I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And I did something that I've never done before, which is, so I drove to Walgreens where I did need to pick up a prescription. So I sort of justified it that way. Right. But as soon as I was there, I went to the chips section and uh -huh. I bought a bag of pop chips and I took it to my car and I just sat in my car in the parking lot and I listened uh -huh. to the Andy Cohen diaries uh, and I ate pop chips and I felt like I was doing something illegal. It was just like you read about. I will say in my defense that I got pop chips and not Doritos, which are, you know, maybe it's a distinction without a difference, but I want to make that distinction. But you didn't, did you get a whole bag, like a family bag, or did you get like the smallest bag that you can get, which it, is actually two and a half servings? It was a medium so. bag. It, it was, was a medium no, bag. It was like three servings. Yeah. Um, and I, um, and I, I will say I, the, the Andy Cohen diaries are delightful. So um, that's, that's a plus. Um, and, did, and I've now bought the Andy Warhol diaries to read. But the pop chips part of it was really bad. And I just felt, I just felt disgusting, not even because of the pop chips, but just for the fact that I was just sitting in the parking yeah. lot eating pop chips. So sorted. Sorted. I felt really sorted. Because you could imagine a person for whom that would be like a legit treat where they'd be like, it, it's all in your frame of mind, you know what I mean? But for you, you that's not what you want to be doing with yourself. So it felt wrong. Yeah. Um, and then you felt regret for it, whereas somebody might do something kind of along the same lines where they'd be like, this was great. You know, uh, this is yeah, just I what mean, I if needed. If I were a mom with like four, you know, four screaming kids that I had to get away from and I snuck out to the parking lot and ate pop chips, I would feel fine about that. Yeah, maybe some delightful. You oasis. know what I mean? If I needed that little break. But as it was, I did not need to be doing that. So uh, I'm not going to do that again. No, if I break down and buy chips, I'm going to bring them at least to my house. And, <laughs> <in> my house. <laughs> and put them in a bowl, you know, like normalize it. Put them in a bowl, like, yeah, pass them around the house. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about a gold star. Let's get off yes. my, my yes. chips. Yes, turn our attention to happier things. OK, so this is a gold star that I want to give to our mother for something that she said. And I realize that often I want to give gold stars to people who I feel like manage to say just the right thing, because I feel like saying just the right thing at the right moment is so powerful, but it's so hard. So anyway, my mother said just the right thing. So this was many years ago. I was in Kansas City getting everything ready to, for our wedding. And my, you know, Jamie, 
my my fiance was still in in New York, um, but I'd come early to help get everything ready and um, with my mom. And uh, I'm a little high strung. I'm a little high strung. Uh, I will say that. And for some reason, I had fixated on this idea that my might my veil fall off my head as I went down the aisle. Uh-huh. Why this occurred to me, I don't know. I had ne- I had never heard of that though. I have subsequently heard from people that this this does happen. So it wasn't an utter unrealistic fantasy of mine, but I don't know why I had fixated. But, you know, sometimes you just fixate on the one thing. Yes, something. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, you know, I'm sure being extremely tightly wound around mom. And uh, and there may have been snarling. (laughs) There may have been the mean face. Um, But she said to me, well, you know, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. And that was so comforting to me. It instantly reassured me and calmed me down and restored my sense of humor, which had been utterly lost, because she's right. And it was so true, and it rang true for me the minute she said it. And and looking back on my experience, I, I know that it's true, and I remind myself of it often, because that's the case. The things that go wrong often do make the best memories. And if you can keep that in mind when things are going wrong and that you realize it really is true that later on, this is the day you're going to remember. This is the thing that everybody's going to laugh about from the vacation. It's really reassuring. And um, and so I want to give her a gold star for that because because it was just exactly the right thing. Because if she'd said like, oh, everything's going to be fine or everything's going to be perfect, I wouldn't have been reassured because I'm like, you Yeah, you could have said, you don't know that everything's going to yes. be perfect. Something could go terribly wrong. But if you say, well, if something goes wrong, that's okay, it reframes the whole day. Yes. So you, you can sort of embrace something going wrong and know that, that it's actually a good thing for something to go wrong because it'll stand out and be something to talk about for years to come. And I might add, nothing went wrong at your wedding, by the way. Well, there was a misspelling in the order of services. Hayden was misspelled. But we won't talk about that. That is a happy memory. That was hilarious, how we laughed. How we laughed. How we laughed. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Keep a one-sentence journal. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin. Hey, hey, on- hey, can yeah. I interrupt you there? Yeah. I, I think you sounded a little bit too sing-songy. Too, okay. Um, it's, I know, this part's hard for me. This part is hard. No. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply. Was that better, Gretch, the second time? I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. 
Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.